Welcome into this special edition of the Whippy Whip Around on Pittsburgh Sports Now. We're trying something different. Um, now, I've, I feel as if the, the proper way to do this is recaps at the beginning of the week, uh, recapping everything that happened over the weekend, and then continue with the traditional Friday episode where we preview everything to come for the Friday-Saturday games coming up. So uh, this week's edition, or today's edition, I should say, we'll take a look at everything that happened in week four around the WPIAL, and we'll name our players of the week. And then when we get to Friday's episode, we'll have our teams of the week, and then our big games around the WPIAL. Hi, everybody. This is Brandon Rossi joining you from Pittsburgh Sports Now. Thank you so much for joining me, and well, let's take a look at everything that happened all across the WPIAL. So um, we're going to look at all the scores around the WPIAL, minus the non-conference games. We're looking strictly at the conference games, unless I noted them in my games of the week on Friday, which there were a couple of them. There was one in Class 3A, and there was one in Class 5A that I'm going to – talk about more in depth, that being Kennemec, South Fayette, and then Bell Vernon, Thomas Jefferson. But um, like I said, we'll look at everything that's been going on around the WPIAL uh, in this past week four from Friday and from Saturday, and we'll just jump straight into it. So again, in case you're not familiar, we look at all six classifications. So when we get to our players of the week, it'll be one player for each classification, and again, we'll briefly look at all the um, scores from around the WPIAL and just recap everything that happened. Firstly, we'll take a look at the Tri-County South in Class 1A. Our game of the week was Carmichael's in Mapletown. If you remember, I picked Carmichael's in this one, and boy, was I wrong. Mapletown <laughs> thrashed Carmichael's by a final score of 42 to nothing. Um, and Mapletown off to its best start since 1968. That was the last time that the Maples went 5-0 and to start the season. And uh, Landon Stevenson, he broke Mapletown's career scoring record um, with the 42-0 route over Carmichael's. Rushed for 140 yards, which for him is eh, but whenever you break a career record for a school, you're going to remember that the rest of your life. And that's what Landon Stevenson did. He currently leads the Whitfield as well in touchdowns in a season with 19. And Mapletown beating up on Carmichael's 42-0. And elsewhere around the conference, um, West Green defeated Bentworth 49-33. Jefferson Morgan gets the win over Beth Center 28-14. And the big surprise out of Class 1A, Manesson defeats California 28-20. And now your top two teams in the Tri-County South in terms of conference records, the only unbeaten teams left, Mapletown and Manesson. Certainly something that a lot of people didn't see coming coming into this week, but hey, a lot can happen in the WPIAL. Now moving into the Eastern Conference, game of the week, Clareton defeated Leechburg 20-13, predicted it was a close game, predicted Clareton got the win, and that's exactly what happened. Um, it was led by a steady rushing attack for Clareton. Capone Jones ran for 144. Dante Wrights for 128. 
as Clareton turns back an upstart Leechburg team. Um, and Clareton, after a rough start to the season, yeah, they beat up on Riverview, which is expected. And then, um, and then this past week, turning away Leechburg, who is an upstart, 20 to 13. Clareton is right back on the map, uh, as a lot of people would expect, given the history and the tradition that Clareton has. Um, and the Bears are 2-0 and to start conference play. Greensburg Central Catholic demolished Springdale 69-6. to Springdale has now been outscored 249-34 to in its first five games. And Riverview defeats Frazier 18-6. to Now moving to the Black Hills Conference, Our Lady of the Sacred Heart wins a pretty offensive affair, all things considered, against Fort Cherry, 40-24. to Nehemiah Azim threw two touchdown passes to lead the Chargers past the Rangers. Um, and it was defensively the most points Our Lady of the Sacred Heart had given up this season, but that's because Fort Cherry has um, a name that will be looked upon for the next several years at Fort Cherry. Matt Sig, he rushed for 229 yards against Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. And he's going to have Fort Cherry on the map for the next four years plus. Elsewhere around the Black Hills Conference, Bishop Canavan dominated Avella on a Saturday game, 56-0. That was to be expected. Avella has only scored one touchdown in five games this season. Bergenstown defeating Chartiers Houston 14-8. And also in the Black Hills Conference, um, Carlinton shut out by Cornell 42-0. As the Black Hills Conference, your top three teams, Olsh, Bishop Canavan, and Cornell, they're all 2-0 to start conference play. Now in the Big 7 Conference, the game of the week, Laurel and Union, it lived up to the billing. Union, not known as a as a football power. They've had a rise to prominence in baseball, but Union had a three-game winning streak coming into this week, and they took Laurel right down to the wire, took him to overtime, but Landon Smith um, was too much, 175 yards, two touchdowns against the Scotties as Laurel gets the win in OT 28-22. And elsewhere in the Big 7, Shenango losing to Rochester in a relatively close game, 22-8. And Northgate shuts out Summit Academy, 33-0. Now we move on to Class 2A, firstly in the Midwestern Conference. Beaver Falls uh, shuts out Neshanig. I said on Friday that... um, I wasn't going to be sold on Beaver Falls until they get that signature win, that big win to put themselves back on the map. And, well, they did just that. They shut out Neshanik, one of the more high-powered offenses in Class 2A, 22-0. Jaron Brickner, 104 yards rushing, 153 yards passing. And Beaver Falls is right back in the thick of things, as to be expected, going into Midwestern Conference play. Um, elsewhere, Western Beaver, Gets the win at home against Elwood City, 47-14 in a Saturday game. Freedom loses to Riverside in a close one, 28-21. And Mohawk trumps New Brighton, 31-6. And now in the Midwestern Conference, only two unbeaten teams. Beaver Falls, who's yet to give up a point in conference play after the 22-0 win over Neshannock, 48-0 over New Brighton. And behind them, Riverside. Now, yeah, they beat Mohawk 32-28, and uh, they beat Freedom this past week. But Riverside is 2-0. They do have a winning record to this point. 
and Riverside could be a sneaky team in the in the Midwestern Conference. Out of the Century Conference, Game of the Week still rocks in Keystone Oaks. It went just about as a lot of people would predict, 52-0. Vikings get the win over the Golden Eagles. Um, Josh Jenkins threw for 143 yards, which for him is, again, not as high as you would expect, but the more imperative thing is that Jenkins threw for one for 4,000 career passing yards through two touchdown passes to Drayvon Miller-Ross and Jamont Green-Miller, and arguably one of the biggest defensive performances in the WPIAL came uh, courtesy of Drayvon Miller-Ross. He had three interceptions, and not to mention the defense scored on three additional fumble recoveries in the end zone for touchdowns as the Stowe Rocks defense has been almost unstoppable um, since starting conference play. Yeah, they beat Charleroi, who's 1-3, uh, and yeah, they beat Keystone Oaks, who Keystone Oaks is projected to be potentially a playoff team in Class 2A, but has a lower seed in the Century Conference. Um, but still rocks, you know, they're going to be right in the thick of things. Elsewhere in the conference, uh, Wash High beats up on Brentwood pretty good, 62-7. And McGuffey beats up Waynesburg Central, 63-20. Um, so the Century Conference, a lot of blowouts um, happening on Friday. In the Allegheny Conference, Steel Valley in the game of the week shuts out Ligonier Valley on the road, preserves a shutout in the final minute. Cruz Brookins had three first-half touchdowns, one passing, two rushing. And Donald Barksdale, he ran for 162 on just seven carries, scored a couple of touchdowns at Steel Valley, shuts out Ligonier Valley. And again, in 2A Allegheny Conference play, a lot of blowouts. Uh, Apollo Ridge beats Derry 49-14, Sarah Catholic over Amani 47-12, and Burrow beats up Yawk 42-6. So outside of the Midwestern Conference, not a whole lot of uh, close games around the WPIAL Class 2A classification. Um, Non-conference game of the week, as I mentioned on Friday, was Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson, and the Leopards get the win over Thomas Jefferson 21-7 at Thomas Jefferson. It's hard enough to win at Thomas Jefferson Stadium. Um, I think I can count the amount of losses TJ's had on one hand in the last decade or so. Um, and a couple of those, now two of those losses since 2015 have been at the hands of Bell Vernon. Lost to them in 2015 in overtime, and this year losing to the Leopards 21-7. And really, it wasn't even that close. Bell Vernon led 21-0 at the start of the fourth. Jake Jedico had two rushing touchdowns, and Quinton Martin, um, he scored a 97-yard punt return for a touchdown. TJ got on the scoreboard late but still nowhere near enough as Bell Vernon rolled to a win. Only 3A uh, conference to play games, the Western Hills. Uh, the projected game of the week was Avonworth and South Park, and Avonworth stomped them 45-6 um, thanks to Nate Harper offensively throwing for 169 and three touchdowns. The defense holding South Park to negative total yardage for the game, which is no small feat. I don't care who you're playing, it's hard enough to, to, to hold any team to negative yardage for a game, and that's what Avonworth did against South Park. But um, in the Western Hills, what turned out to be the game of the week, West Mifflin beating Beaver in overtime, 
31-24. And a big reason why will be talked about later in our Players of the Week. Um, elsewhere in the conference, Hopewell with the win over Seton LaSalle, 20-6. Moving on to Class 4A, the Parkway Conference Game of the Week lived up to the billing. It was West Allegheny and Aliquippa, and the Quips get the win, 19-16. to in a game in which the Quips had to battle back a couple of times, they trailed at half 9-7 to and in the fourth quarter trailed 16-13. Credit to Aliquippa, though, and Tyquay Hayes scored two touchdowns to put the Quips up. Um, one of them late coming with around three minutes left, and Aliquippa holds on to win after West A goes for um, a jump pass, and it was broken up and fumbled and recovered by Aliquippa near the 20-yard line. And if it wasn't for that, we could be talking about a different game here. And Aliquippa with a thrilling win over West Day, 19-16. Elsewhere in the Parkway Conference, Central Valley uh, dominates Newcastle, 54-0. Montour with, gets back on track with a win at Ambridge, 21-3. And Blackhawk beats up on Chartiers Valley, 33-16. So now in the Parkway Conference... Your three undefeated teams in conference play, Central Valley, Aliquippa, which is to be expected, but Blackhawk 2-0 um, with victories over Ambridge and Chartiers Valley, who are both 0-2 in conference play. Now moving on to the Greater Allegheny Conference, Armstrong wins the game of the week over Hampton 19-6. Caden Olson throws for 226, and the two touchdowns go into Cayenne Klein as Armstrong wins a Somewhat defensive battle with the Talbots, 19-6. to um, and Elsewhere in the conference, North Catholic wins a relatively close game to Kiske, 33-21. And Highland shuts out Indiana, 31-0. And finally, in the Big 7 conference, McKeesport uh, hosting Trinity in, in the Big 7 game of the week. And it went just about as expected. Um, despite no Bobby Boyd, you had Jamil Perryman running for two touchdowns, throwing another to Demir Clark as McKeesport rolls 35-6 in what was the projected game of the week. But what turned out to be the most thrilling game out of the Big 7 Conference was Laurel Highlands beating Latrobe 10-7 uh, in a low-scoring affair. Rodney Gallagher throws the only touchdown pass for Laurel Highlands in a game-winning field goal as well. Um, to push the Mustangs over the Wildcats in that game, 10-7. to And finally, Connellsville gets its first conference win of the season over Ringgold, 20-6. As um, in those other two conferences, Greater Allegheny, Highlands is 2-0, Armstrong and Mars 1-0. Mars was a non-conference play, and Armstrong just played his first conference game in the Big 7, McKeesport, and TJ um, McKeesport 2-0, TJ 1-0, as the Jaguars will re-enter conference play this week with a big matchup looming, um, which could be talked about in more detail on Friday. Now in the 5A classification, firstly, the non-conference game, Cannon Mac and South Fayette. Um, I mentioned this was the game that I was actually in attendance for. I was the PA announcer for Cannon Mac and South Fayette. Um, and the, the difference in that game was, well, there was two differences. One, the offensive line for Cannon Mac had its way for the most part, especially on run blocking. 
which alludes to my second aspect, which was the difference for Cannon Mac. Jake Casper, he ran for 177 yards, scored two touchdowns, including the game winner in the fourth quarter. And Austin Winkleblack, he was another threat um, offensively with a few catches and the game-sealing interception late in the game. As Cannon Mac wins a road non-conference affair with South Fayette, 21-17. The Big Macs actually trail at half, 14-9, after South Fayette gets two touchdown passes in the final two minutes of the first half. Nico Lamondi throws for about 200 yards, but Cannon Mac able to persevere, and Jake Casper with two second-half touchdowns. He was the difference as Cannon Mac gets the win. Um, now moving on to the Northeast Conference, North Hills and Penn Hills. Um, I do remember picking Penn Hills in the in the preview, um, and I mentioned that North Hills they're the best 0-4 team in the conference or in the in possibly the WPIAL. And well, you don't have to worry about them being winless anymore. They finally get their first win. Um, this one, a 27-26 thriller over Penn Hills on the road. Um, it seems like anytime these two teams get together, it's a close affair. It was close last year, came down to the final seconds. Penn Hills walked it off with a touchdown late. And this year, North Hills wins 27 26. Um, Penn Hills led at the half 20 7, but um, the difference in, in for North Hills was John Green. Um, he didn't rush for triple digits, he rushed for 76 yards, but he threw three touchdown passes. And North Hills comes from behind and gets its first W of the season against Penn Hills as now the only unbeaten team in the Northeast Conference in conference play is Woodland Hills, but that's because their only conference game uh, was a win against North Hills two weeks ago. Um, Everyone else either 1-1, Fox Chapel 0-1, Shaler is yet to play a conference game. Um, And speaking of Fox Chapel being 0-1, uh, their first conference loss, they took a hard one to Pine Richland, 61-14 to as the Rams back on track after a couple of losses. Pine Richland, you're not used to them starting losing three of the first four games, but that's what happened, um, losing to one of the best teams in Ohio, Pickerington North, shutting out Kiske, and then losing a tough game to Penn Hills and getting um, running into a buzzsaw in Seneca Valley two weeks ago, but Pine Richland back on track, beating up on Fox Chapel by a bunch as the Fox Chapel defense uh, is the only defense in 5A to give up 40-plus points per game. In the Big East Conference, Penn Trafford and Hemfield, this was probably the game of the week in Class 5A. And did it live up to the billing? Yes, I would say. Um, Now, I mentioned Penn Trafford was the number one team in Class 5A. Uh, they held a lead 17-7, but credit to Hemfield. This is not the same Hemfield team that we've seen in recent years. Um, this is the first time that Hemfield has started 5-0 since 1971. That's the year my parents were born. Sorry, Mom and Dad. But um, uh, Hemfield comes from behind and beats Penn Trafford 28-17 on the road. Got to be the biggest regular season win for Hemfield in years. And uh, the Spartans, they have the, the 5A's top-scoring offense and top-scoring defense, outscoring opponents 223-41. to 41. And Hemfield's for real. 
Um, I think they solidified that with this win over Penn Trafford. Hemfield's going to be a team to watch out for, but another tough test this coming week against Gateway. I think if Hemfield comes away with the win against Gateway, there is a serious talk of Hemfield being the top team in the Big East Conference and potentially the top seed out of the Big East Conference. Um, because when you look at the rest of the schedule for Hempfield, non-conference game against Seneca Valley, and then they finish with three not with three conference games against Franklin Regional, Plum, and Norwin. Three games which, if you ask me, are very winnable games. So uh, Hempfield, they have really um, shook things up in Class 5A. They're the sleeper. And uh, they can go really, really far, especially with performances like they had against Penn Trafford. Elsewhere in the conference, Gateway, um, they win against Plum, but it wasn't easy. 28-26, Gateway led at the half 28-7, and then the second half, Plum came back and made it a two-point game, but the Mustangs could not get any further as Gateway escapes uh, with a 28-26 win. And in the Big East Conference, who saw this coming? Your, t- your two teams that are undefeated, well, one conference game, albeit, um, Hempfield and Franklin Regional are 1-0. and Franklin Regional was last in the conference last year, and uh, obviously your top two coming into the season, Penn Trafford and Gateway, they've already been my number one team in Class 5A overall. Well, Penn Trafford, tough loss to McKeesport and then losing to Hempfield. And Gateway's only loss coming against Franklin Regional in an upset. So who the heck knows what's going to happen in Class 5A uh, out of the Big East Conference. But it's going to be a fun ride to watch. And then we move on to the Allegheny Six Conference. Um, What a lot of people were also saying was the game of the week. Peters Township traveling to Upper St. Clair. Um, I mentioned that the Peters Township offense was going to be the deciding factor. And it was but not in the way that I had uh, intended with that comment. As Upper St. Clair's defense just shut down Peters Township, winning 17-10. And the only reason why it was 10 is because PT scored with 35 seconds left in the game. Um, Upper St. Clair, there's a reason why many people have them as possibly a number one team in Class 5A right now. But my biggest question was the strength of schedule. Um, I was reading the recap on Post-Gazette, and to prove my point about the strength of schedule, Upper St. Clair's opponents that they've won against, 2-14 and 14 record combined. Well, now you can add it to 6-15, and 15, as Peters Township now 4-1, and one, losing its first game to Upper St. Clair. And credit to the Panthers, it was next man up, and um, the Panthers... When they, they they were missing their usual starting quarterback, Julian Dallum. Um, filling in was Ethan Hellman, a freshman. And he didn't I mean, he didn't do bad at all for for sure. He he threw for hundred and three yards, completed six passes out of eleven, was a game manager type, and uh, he threw a seventy yard bomb to one of the best receivers in class five A, Aiden Besselman. And um Whenever you get a freshman quarterback, you got a lot of pieces around you. You have a veteran team around you. Um, lots of starting offensive linemen returning. You have some skill positions like Aiden Besselman, Jamal Brown. Um, 
let them do the work, and all you have to do is manage the game. And credit to the coaching staff at Upper St. Clair. Uh, that's you put you put your freshman quarterback in a position to succeed, and that's exactly what happened. And USC wins seventeen ten, holding Peters Township to just one hundred thirty three yards. Richie Woods rushed for under twenty yards, if I'm not mistaken. And quarterback Chris Sabroni was knocked out of the game. You don't want to see that happening for sure, but it was a factor um, as Upper St. Clair got the win. Elsewhere in the conference, Bethel Park defeats Baldwin on the road 36-7. Bethel Park and Upper St. Clair are 2-0 and 1-0 with the Panthers 2-0. Bethel Park 1-0 as the Blackhawks step out of the conference this week. Upper St. Clair as well um, in a rivalry game for the Panthers that could be something we might be talking about on Friday for non-conference game of the week. Class 6A, two games in conference. Uh, Seneca Valley beats up Mount Lebanon on the road 24-6. And uh, the game of the week, North Allegheny defeats Central Catholic in a barn burner 7-3. The NA defense was outstanding, keeping Central Catholic out of the end zone. And how about this? Um... I still can't believe this. Central Catholic is the last place team in the 6A conference right now. NA is 2-0 in conference play, um, and they're the only unbeaten team remaining in Class 6A. Seneca, Kenemac, Mount Lebanon are all 1-1. Central Catholic is on the outside looking in. Who saw that coming with all the talent coming back for PCC? Um, goes to show... Uh, <laughs> Especially when you got a five-team race, every single game counts, especially in conference play. Central's now 2-3 and three, um, with the wins coming against Philadelphia, Abraham Lincoln, and Class 5A Bethel Park. N.A. is 5-0, and um, and the, that 5-0 beating City League Alderdice. It's Ken and Mack, 35-21. McDowell out of District 10, 29-18. Baldwin from Class 5A, 53-7. And probably the best win of the season coming on Friday against Central Catholic, 7-3. And N.A. has all the momentum in the world coming into um, its huge rivalry game coming up on Friday. Um, All you have to say for North Allegheny is pine. Now we're looking at our Players of the Week for Week 4 around the WPIAL. And this was tough all across the board to figure out. Uh, who stood out just enough to come away with our um, Player of the Week nominations in each classification. Firstly, we'll start in Class 1A. Um, The 1A Player of the Week is coming from the Tri-County South. I was debating between Colin Brady and Landon Stevenson. Stevenson didn't rush for that many yards, um, but he broke the the program's uh, career scoring record, which is something you would take into consideration. But ultimately, I went for Colin Brady, and here's why. He's the Whippeals' leading rusher by a wide margin. Coming into week four, he was the only 1,000-yard rusher in the WPIAL, and he only added on to that with a 290-yard performance as West Green beats up on Bentworth. 49-33, and Colin Brady, he's someone that we haven't really talked about as much um, around 
the whippy whip around. But Colin Brady is quietly a 1,000-yard rusher through just five games into the season. Um, and it's hard to say that, but when you let's let's look at his stat lines, for example, um, for this year alone. Um, against Cameron, West Virginia, 250 yards. Against Shar Houston, 185 yards, three touchdowns. Against Cameron, he also had three touchdowns. GCC, 273, two touchdowns. Carmichael's, 324, three touchdowns. And against Bentworth, 290, he also scored five touchdowns as West Green demolishes Bentworth, 49-33, thanks to that impressive offensive explosion rushing-wise by Colin Brady. Class 2A Player of the Week. Um, I, this this one he didn't have a he didn't have quite the stat line that um, a lot of people would expect out of this out of this individual, but um, he surpassed 4,000 career passing yards and led Still Rocks to a big win, and that'd be Josh Jenkins. Yes, I had a very very tough time deciding between Josh Jenkins and Drayvon Miller-Ross. If you want, you know what, whatever. Let's go with co-players of the week for Class 2A. Josh Jenkins and Drayvon Miller-Ross. Um, anytime you get three interceptions, it's insane. It's ludicrous. And um, Josh Jenkins with the... It just so happened to be on the same day that Josh Jenkins eclipses 4,000 career passing yards... And the Stowe Rocks quarterbacks um, in recent years, I mean, look at them. You have Josh Jenkins. Recent years, you had Eric Wilson. And don't forget about Lenny Williams back from a decade or so ago. Uh, the Stowe Rocks quarterbacks, they've been, one of the, they've been some of the better ones in the WPIAL. Um, and Jenkins is just adding to that list. Class 3A Player of the Week is Delron White from West Mifflin after rushing for 206 yards. And he was the difference as West Mifflin wins in overtime over Beaver, 31-24. West Mifflin, two and three, back-to-back wins, one over Ringgold, one over Beaver. And now all of a sudden the Titans have some momentum going into a big matchup this week against Avonworth. Um, Could be talking about that on Friday. We'll see. But – if they get a performance like they did on Friday out of Delron White, West Mifflin does have a chance. Class 4A Player of the Week, I'm going with Tyquay Hayes from Aliquippa. He ran for 187 and two touchdowns, including the game winner with a couple minutes left as Aliquippa defeated West Allegheny 19-16. to um, Hayes, what is there to be said about him that hasn't been said? Uh, coming back as... A player of the year in the state of Pennsylvania um, as a freshman, rushing for over 1,700 yards. And this year he's off to a tremendous start as well um, for a loaded Aliquippa team who's a borderline all-star team. And Hayes is just one of the stars for the Quips. Um, for, a young and, for a young and experienced team and – Aliquippa, a team that's playing three classifications up 
almost four after the whole debacle that happened over the offseason. And uh, Hayes puts on a show against West Allegheny, 30 carries, 187, two touchdowns as the Quips win. 5A player of the week comes from a Saturday game. After throwing for 346 yards, it's hard not to go with Keegan Smetanka. Um, as Smetanka, in that performance, um, leading passer in the WPIAL by about 100 yards, if I'm not mistaken, as Shaler wins in double overtime against Franklin Regional, 42-41. to Shaler now has been in a lot of close games. Through five games, Three of them have been decided by one possession. And uh, another big matchup looming against Woodland Hills, whose defense has not allowed a point since the week two loss to Penn Trafford. So they're going to need a lot of that from Keegan Smetanka. But again, you get a performance like you did on Saturday against Franklin Regional, you got a shot. And our Class 6A Player of the Week is Jake Casper. The 6A leading rusher had 177 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner, as Cannon Mack defeats South Fayette in non-conference play, 21-17. to Casper is quietly one of the best running backs in the WPIAL and in the 6A classification in the States. Um, he was an unknown coming into the season, and Casper has put on a show. I believe this is his second time winning the Player of the Week nomination for the Whippy Whip Around after he scored quite a bunch against Seneca Valley. And uh, Casper proved to be the difference again as the Big Macs win in non-conference play on the road. That'll do it for this recap edition of the Whippy Whip Around. Come back on Friday as we preview all the big games coming around the WPIAL Week 5 action coming up on Friday on the Whippy Whip Around. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Brandon Ross. I follow me on Twitter at Ross, two underscores, E-Y-E, and follow Pittsburgh Sports Now on Twitter as well. You can follow them at PGH Sports Now. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next time.